the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls. It's always more fun interacting with you, taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, church questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, and especially today, because I've got a genius sitting here in the studio with me. It is the date day edition, and Paula is live in the studio, and you do look smart. Sweet. That's because the Holy Spirit's in control, I guess, right now. And you know what? There's so many times when he makes me a genius. So I'll, I'll take it. Okay. Well, Thank let's, you. Let's let it be written. Let it be done. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any questions or comments for me or for Paula. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. And I went right by our mobile app and our email address for questions, questions at calvarysa.com, anything and everything. Well, Paula, we got somebody holding on the line, so let's go there first. Our friend Margaret from Floresville. Margaret, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, um, both of you, Pastor Ron and Paula. Um, I'm, can you hear me? We can hear you great, and I was just okay. looking at you and Natalie's picture yesterday, so it's no wonder you called today. Oh, you've been, I've been thinking about calling you guys for a while. Um, you had a, a caller a couple years ago. Um, she called crying, she's a big crybag, about her sister, Laura. Okay. It was me. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we were talking about her husband. And he was in a very bad place, and she was in a very dangerous place, and you gave really good advice. And um, she followed it, but um, she, uh, he ended up um, having to have lung surgery, so she went back. And it's been not bad as, like it was, but it's been tense at times. And so I've been working on him, and I've been using Pastor on studies to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, he's on the verge of asking Jesus to come into his heart. And um, he's got a lot of roadblocks, and he's, um, I'm not sure exactly, you know, I feel like he should never drink again. And if you're going to come to Jesus, you have to be willing to give that up. Can I say that to him? Can I warn him that that's going to be expected? Yeah, Margaret, let me let me step in first. Um you know, we've got to let Jesus catch the fish. You know, he made us fisher of men. And and a lot of times we're, we're so worried about cleaning the fish um, before they're even caught. And I use that metaphor uh, because we try to change people's behavior uh, when only the Holy Spirit really can. 
And so this is about him and Jesus. So uh, I think it would be counterproductive. I don't think it is consistent scripturally. Um, uh, you know, if he comes to Jesus, uh, you're praying for him. If he comes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will, will come to live in him. And the Holy Spirit will then uh, begin the process of sanctification. And if you tell him, he'll resent it. If the Holy Spirit tells him, then what will happen is he'll receive it because it is, it is, it is the, the, the Holy Spirit himself telling him, I've got so much better for you. I've got so much better for you. So um, please, not just you, Margaret, but everybody listening, uh, when, when we are introducing people to Jesus, it can't be um, preceded by a lot of, you can't do this and you can't do this. It's got to be just Jesus. He's the one that transforms us. He's the power of God. And uh, our, our responsibility is to love them and pray for them. And um, God will clean them up, I promise you that. Paula, you want to comment? Mm-hmm. I see you're smiling. Yeah. It's this. Well, I have a couple of things, and I really think Margaret was talking about your counsel that you gave. But I got some because I'm a genius today, you know. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> I remember Margaret after Ron first got saved, and he's still having the poker games at our house, and and then you know going to the horse races and stuff like that, and still gambling. And I'm thinking, man, I should say something, right? And the Lord was like, uh, No, <laughs> you still clean up the house and get the stuff ready for his friends to come over and play poker. And then um, after a while, he stopped playing poker at, our, at the house and was playing somewhere else. And I remember just praying for him as he left the house. You know, I love you, baby. Have, be safe. You know, I'll be here when you get back kind of thing. And just kissing him. And uh, he would go out. And then after a little while, because I'd be praying while he was gone, after a little while, he'd be, he'd be real early. I'm like, what What happened? <laughs> And it was just, the Lord was saying, you know, if if you'll just love him and be kind, it's kindness that leads to repentance. And um, after a while, something happened where I think Ron woke up and he was like, this used to be fun, but (laughs) now it's not kind of thing. very specifically a day that I was at Santa Anita Racetrack. And I was by my favorite hot dog place, watching my favorite TV had money bent on this horse, and right in the middle of the race, I'm thinking, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. Jesus isn't here. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was that there were things I could do that Jesus couldn't do and things that I could do where Jesus would be there. And I wanted to be doing the things where Jesus was there. And that was a move of God's Spirit on my heart. And, And Paula never once nagged me. She never made me try to feel guilty for going to doing anything. And for me, Margaret, all of this, it sounds like a long, drawn-out process, but, I mean, this happened in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wasn't having any fun at the poker games, wasn't having any fun at the racetrack. I just decided, well, you know, Jesus, it's obviously more fun to live when I'm with you, so I'm not going to go places where you're not where you're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for me, I mean, because a lot of times, you know, we're so focused on other, somebody else's sin. I had my own, and, Lord, I'm a Christian, and I was hiding the wine coolers behind my grown kids. I mean, they're grown enough. They're like 12, 14. I'm hiding the wine coolers behind the milk like they're not going to see that. And the Lord's like, you know, you got your own issues we need to deal with. And so that's that's where I was like, okay, Lord, if you want to use me. And he said he did. Then I I get to choose to put the alcohol away because if somebody were to have a, a – you know, a car accident and they were drunk while they drove and or if one of their kids were in an accident and a drunk driver hit them, I wouldn't be able to be the one used to minister. This summer in particular, the Lord told me when to, for coming back to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, Paula, I do not want you to minister to people to fix them. That's my job. I want you to make sure they know I love them. That's my job. That's our job, Margaret. God will take care of him. If this man has been drinking and being mean and ugly, and he's that close to um, coming to the Lord, it's because the Lord's letting him know how much he loves him, wants to forgive him. And he's probably scared, what am I going to do without the alcohol? 
Yeah, Margaret, he doesn't have the faith right now yeah. to, to make a commitment to stop drinking and just putting a lot of pressure. And that will provide an opportunity for the enemy to pound and yeah. to pound. Yeah. Does that help, Margaret? Uh, it does, and I'm glad I called you first because um, I've just been <laughs> telling him that there, are, that there are better things out there. But my sister said if, if we tell him that, then he will possibly run. I've um, yep. I've been telling him there's better things out there, and there's no sin on this world that's worth being separated forever from Jesus, no matter what the sin is, whether it's gossip or, you know, uh, whatever. But um, so I'm glad I called. I um, he's so yeah. so close. So now I'm going to ask you guys to uh, and anybody in the audience that's listening to pray for my brother-in-law because this would be a huge. He, he would be able tell, to touch tell, so many people. Yeah. Tell us his first name again, Margaret. Phil. His name is Phil. And Phil. Uh, I've been sending him Bible stu- uh, some of your studies. And if I do one and it especially touches my heart, then it's like sometimes it's got his name on it. And he drives a truck. And he comes home every night, but he does. he listens to you as he's doing his route. And so uh, he's got quiet. He's got no interruptions. Um God's put him in different places with different people who are, a lot of them, some of them are believers. So I'm uh, just um, really, really uh, hoping that this this works this time, um, that God is, yeah. I know God is wanting it, yeah. Jesus is calling him, and I just hope he listens. That's what I want. Yeah. Margaret, Margaret, let me suggest two studies to send him. Send him Romans 8.1, the study that I did in Romans 8.1. And uh, also Romans chapter twelve verses one and two, mm-hmm. and and let him let him listen to those and chew on those for a little bit, and uh, we will be praying for Phil, and thank you for sharing Jesus, and um, we'll be praying. Yeah. Hey Margaret, a question real quick before you take off: How old is Natalie now? She is six, and we just enrolled her in uh, the uh, elementary school here in Floresville. Her mom uh, agreed to let her come and go to school here while she is trying to go back to school herself. So that's another answer to it. Because Praise uh, the Lord. day I called crying, yeah, the day I called crying about my sister, you could hear Natalie running around in the background. She was my other concern that was an unspoken. So um, yeah. Jesus is working on both of them right now, and I thank you for your prayers. <laughs> you cool. got it. You got thank it. You, okay, Margaret. keep listening. I know you will because I have a, a thing I'm going to ask the radio audience to do so thank you margaret god bless mm-hmm. okay paul and now it's your show i guess we're going to be asked to do something that's right okay for those of you in the listening audience who know about our prayer wall i am in the middle of revamping that and so if if you would like for us to explain what the prayer wall is so oh, some people... okay the prayer wall is um it was made for me by Terry Rush many years ago in our old house, and now he has remade those um, for the new house. But anyway, it's pictures of people that we know and love who we want to pray for, but it's better if we have a picture of you. And so what I'm asking is if you will send, send it can't be text. I need a real picture, uh, either 3 by 3 or 3 by 4 with your names and a little bit of a testimony, you know, how, what's the names and the, of the ages of the kids or whoever's in your family um, for the prayer wall. And you can send those pictures to, are you ready? Get your pen and paper. I'm waiting. <laughs> no, it's a radio. I can't do that. 2935 Pat Booker Road, Universal City, Texas, 78148. 2935 Pat Booker Road, UC, Texas, 78148. Just Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Oh, that's right. Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And comp- put, put on there, Paula. I'm the only one. So when I get in trouble, I have nobody else to blame it on. There's no other Paula that I can say, oh, no, it, it couldn't have been this Paula. It was the other Paula, but no, it's, it's me. So send it to me, and I will get it. And I appreciate it very much. So, Margaret, I need an updated picture is what I'm saying. <laughs> Natalie's six already. <laughs> you know, the, the, since, since my eyesight has, has gone, um, that prayer wall means so much to me. Mm-hmm. And while I can't see the pictures very well anymore, can't see the people, 
um, before we moved, all the people were in the same place. So I'd have a group over here, a group over here. Mm -hmm. And and so I would know just by where I was looking on the wall uh, who I was praying for and be able to pray for those people. And um, um, one of the greatest privileges in my life is being able to pray for the people that that, uh, God brings into our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been doing that. And it's been a little bit difficult in a new home uh, because it's not in the same place that I pass by all the time, mm-hmm. and and I the pictures are now well, who's that up there? That's not where that one goes. Yeah. I know. I've tried really hard to put the pictures in the same general area, um, but yeah, some some have. Uh, I don't have new pictures, and so I don't want to put up really old pictures. That's hey, fine. Paula, who's this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we got some new people, yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool yeah, though which too. Is so. good. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, my, my my prayer wall is larger, so I can put more pictures up there. So, um, hurry up and and send me some pictures so I can fill in the other spaces. And then Terry says, if I run out, he'll make me one more. Okay. So I would really appreciate and that. You know and thank will. you, Terry, <laughs> if you're listening. I so appreciate all that you do. So anyway, okay. okay. So wait, it's still Thursday, so it's still your show. Oh, that's for sure. So, um. Encouragement is one of my gifts, and so what I was going to say to all of the people, too, is, you know what, in this really um, hard, kind of angry, discouraged world, we need to be using our gifts, and they're all for the benefit of others. And, you know, even if you can't get outside, like some days when the weather is really bad, that's the only reason I don't get outside because my health is fine. I can drive. I can walk and all that stuff. But some people can't. And so um, on those days when I'm unable, the coolest thing is I can still pray. I can still pray. I can still sing songs. And so um, I'm really asking people to reconsider uh you know, we need to kind of get the focus off of us and all the stuff that's going on in the world and use our gifts to encourage other people. And so um, I was thinking today, well, not just today, this is from last week as well, but I was thinking even more so today that church is a hospital for sick people. It really is. You know, people, you know, will say, oh, I, I, I can't come to church. God can't, you know, God can't love me. If I go to church, I'll probably burn up. I've had actually somebody say that. If I even walked into a church building as bad as I've been, I think I'll just catch on fire and burn up. Don't we have a special section for people like that? (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about AJ on the program the other day. Oh, that's true. uh, believe me, AJ has not burned up. He's been, and and if anybody burned up, it'd be AJ and me. (laughs) And yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. Hospitals, a place for sick people. Um, you know, for the lost. Uh, let me let me go. Luke. Luke nineteen ten. Let me see. What's that say? Luke nineteen ten says that um, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. But for the uh, Zacchaeus, yes, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and that's why church is so important. Because when people walk in here, those who might think they're going to burn up, they know that church is the place they should be. They should be. Sometimes they have to come to the end of themselves, you know, and and you're talking about AJ. Uh, there are so many people in this, in Calvary Chapel San Antonio and in every church um, that's faithfully teaching the word where we can say to those who are lost, ooh, yeah. I used to be just like this, maybe a little worse. And yet the kindness and the love of God wants to save you from your sins. And so, no, you haven't done anything so bad. You still have life in your body, and you can ask God, whose arms are outstretched wide to you, to forgive you of your sins and and get you on the right path. That's one of the important things about church, you know, last night a young lady raised her hand, and I know a lot about her life, and it's been a mess. Um, her her upbringing was a mess, and so to to see her come back time and time again, and then put her hand up last night was huge. 
kind of like, and the person who talked with her was Sandra, who for years, and we can tell the story over and over again, who for years came to church faithfully, living a horrible life, would come and come to the altar time and time and time again, but go right back to that same old life. Well, a lot of people do that. Um, but one day, the light went on, and she just got it. And it was like... Nine years. Nine <laughs> years. The kindness. Sandra's slow. She's beautiful. She's slow that way. Um, she's slow that way, but when somebody yep. gets it... Oh, she's been a light ever since. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She's one, and there's so many like that. Like you. Once you got it, like once AJ got it, He's on fire. He's not burning up, perishing. He's on fire for the Lord like a tornado, like Pastor Tornado from the other day when you were saying that when you came back. But, yeah, church is important because the lost come in here. Can you imagine if our doors had been locked and the lost were out there on the other side saying, is anybody home? Is anybody in there? I'm desperate. I need something or someone. Can you open the door? And so church is a hospital for sick people, and we welcome you here. Let me turn to Isaiah 40. Okay, before you do okay, that, you, you mentioned using your gift of encouragement mm-hmm. and the hospital, this church is a, is a hospital for sick people. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those people? And we get it all the time. Well, well, I went to church and they treated me badly or they, you know, they judged me or something. And so I just don't go. I, I'm, I'm a believer, but I just don't go to church. How would you encourage them? Well, the next people is the hurting on our list, the lost and the hurting. Sometimes we're saying hurting um, because they're in pain, but physical pain, but sometimes those who come from a church where they've been hurt, well, they went with expectations in the first place, and, and they got to come to church to learn that, you know, like for my story, hands down, heart open. Um, and I was like, well, hands down, heart open, that sounds like being vulnerable to me. Lord, he says, yeah, exactly. You will be hurt because people are people. Um, and and ch- they're sick. <laughs> and, and church is a place for sick people. Yeah. We can, we can say, even if we're still hurting ourselves, we know this is still the place to be. Because Isaiah 40, verse 11 says this about Jesus. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And so if we've been hurt in the church, we've been, we went there looking for people to meet our needs and to solve our problems and to heal us when it's only Jesus who will do that. And so that's another thing about um, church. We get to not lead people to us. We get to lead people to the great shepherd who tends his flocks and is gentle and carries them close to his heart. You and me, you know, we do the best we can, but we got our own issues. And so do with a lot of people in the church. But church is a place for the hurting people to come and be directed to Jesus. And so... Paul, another fact in First Thessalonians, Paul says... Uh, speaking of, of his relationship with the church, he said, we were not looking for praise from men nor from you or anyone else. Um, as apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you like a mother mm. caring for her little children. And and later in that passage, he talks about, about the love of a father. Yeah. And our job is to take these lost and hurting people and and uh, and care for them, yeah. and if they'll give people just a little bit of slack because hey, there's other sick people in the church. Mm-hmm. Church is where we need to be, especially in times like this. This is the the the, the most perplexing time ever, Paula. I, I believe without a doubt that this is the greatest opportunity that Christians have had um, in this country's history. To win the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the the, the fearful, and the angry, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and yet we've got Christians pulling away from church. We got Christians pulling away from service because they're afraid. 
Can you imagine if in the first century, Paul, because he was afraid of losing his life, he said, you know, we're pressed on every side, uh, danger from within, danger from without. If he, he could have easily in the next sentence said, so we're going to take it easy for a little while. But he didn't. He pressed on. And that's when the church was born and flourished. Well, we have that opportunity now in these last days. And we've got to start thinking about others rather than than doing what feels good or or feels safe mm-hmm. uh, we've got to remember that this is about winning people to christ yeah and you know when the hurting and if I'm, I'm i know i'm talking to people who are hurting and they don't really trust they don't trust people that of any any kind um we have found that when people let us in to their lives we're able to be participant in their lives and we can grow um, and heal together. Um, we get to, we know of other hurting people who've come through things that we can refer you to. We've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day edition of the program. So if you want the wisdom from Paula, who's especially smart today, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, you are on the air. I'm back on, right? Okay, so we've talked about the loss, the hurting, and One thing you talk about the the hurting. We talk about physically, of course, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. But 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 those who are hurting spiritually and emotionally, mm-hmm. and there are so many of those now, coming off the pandemic, and now the scares about things getting worse, mm-hmm. and people are locking themselves down again, and we're not healthy emotionally, and we're certainly not healthy spiritually. And I think one of the things that all of us as Christians can do is pray that God would break through. Um, those those barriers. This is a spiritual battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, um, but but there's there's an active force. I believe. Now I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I believe there is a conspiracy out there. It's the devil who's conspiring to destroy Christians and keep us quiet and keep us sort of locked up in our rooms. And uh, I think as Christians, Paula, we we really need to be praying for uh, for those strongholds to be broken in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I tell you what, they may not be at church, but they are all at my H-E-B. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we are just like on top of one another in the H-E-B. And uh, Walmart's the same. So anyway, take that for what it is. But the hungry, the hungry um, in Luke 3, well, let me go back to 10. Uh, let me see. The, the Pharisees or the people are asking you know, uh, what should we do? What should we do now that we're supposed to be walking with the Lord? And John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Well, that's another thing. When you come to church, um, you know, Jesus said, you know, when you, saw, you, when you feed one of, one of the least of these, you've really fed me. When you visited one in prison, you really came and visited me. They're like, what? We didn't do all that. Jesus said, yeah, you did. And so since the church is a hospital for sick people, a lot of hungry people, you know, hungry for the word and hungry for food too, um, hungry for fellowship, um, hungry for a new start. Um, they, they all come here and anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none. You know, if you got stuff and, and God's taking good care of you, um, the last thing as a church body we should be is stingy or greedy, you know. Um, and so when when people come here, that's what I. That's the one thing I've really been missing is for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we do the joy of Jesus, where this body really comes together and tries to not only we we not only supply um, the needs for the people here, 
but our city, you know? Some, the people who haven't been able to get that haircut, free, good haircut for the mm -hmm. last couple of years, and some new clothes. I mean, the people would come, and they would get clothes and blankets and stuff. I wonder what's been happening to them over these last couple of winters, you know? God provides, but, boy, we sure missed out. And that's what a, a church should do, not only for their city, but first and foremost for the body of Christ. Yeah. And let me explain that. The, the last two years, and by that I mean last year, 2020, and this year, the city has um, has prohibited us from doing Joy of Jesus again. Um, um, you know, there's, there's people out there making a racket out of, out of ministering to the homeless and to the poor. Um, we we do it with no agenda. Yeah. We're not asking for anything. There's nobody getting paid for doing it. There's no nonprofit, five hundred one three C organizations. It's just want to go out and be kind to people. And um, Paul is talking about the physically hungry, and and there's always something you can do. There's always something that you can do. One of the things, Paul, when I pray for the hungry, um, my emphasis is usually on the spiritually hungry those who know there's something out there, those who know there's an emptiness in their, in their gut. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, we want to fill that emptiness with the bread of life, Jesus Christ. And so um, spiritual hunger, I think, is far more important than, than giving food to people who, you know, what Jesus said, the food goes in the body and then comes out of the body, and then mm -hmm. what's the point? Mm -hmm. but, but just like Jesus told the woman at the well in Samaria, you drink this water and you'll never be thirsty again. So that's usually my emphasis when I'm praying for the hungry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and giving them food. Um, we don't just give them food and say, here, be well fed and warm and go over. No, no, no. We sit down with them. And uh, I know a lot of the men, women, the, the youth, they want to know the story. So they listen and take time with people. And so... Um, that's out there, but we do that same thing inside as well. What's the story? Why are you the way you are? What has happened? And how can we help you to overcome that? Um, it leads to the next one, the broken. The broken. Because <laughs> they're broken. Yep. Psalm 147.3 says, He, meaning Jesus, of course, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And so... We can say to anybody, you know what, are you ready to let the Lord take care of you? Can you, can you bring your brokenness to him and leave it there? And he'll, he'll bind up those wounds. You won't have to keep looking back at the what's and the why's and the who's of who have hurt you. But you can bring your brokenness to him and he will put that salve on your eyes to help you to see he will pick up those million pieces of your broken heart and put them back together and then he will breathe new life on into your heart and then he can use you for the others who come behind you who tell you their story and if you let the Lord heal your brokenness um, then you'll be one used for somebody who comes behind you yeah. and the enemy won't just keep you bound in your pain. Yeah, and I think in the last couple of years, Paula, since this pandemic mess started, um, we've seen sort of a new phenomenon of brokenness. Uh, we've seen people that we thought were healthy. Mm -hmm. and, and and I don't mean that in a pejorative, uh, but um, they were healthy. They were serving the Lord. They were happy. They were filled with joy. But then when fear gripped them, um, they, they they isolated themselves and, and a lot of brokenness has occurred. Not the good kind of brokenness mm -hmm. where you're broken before the Lord and then he lifts us up, but the kind of brokenness that where people just sort of withdraw into themselves. And I've said this on this program so many times, but I'll never stop repeating it. Um, if you're not involved in your local church, if you're not serving, if you're not looking out for the interests of others ahead of your own, then you are broken. And and you're not doing it. It's like, um, you know, when, when um, I'm not a technical person, I can't fix things, you know that. Mm -hmm. um, but it used to frustrate me when we buy toys for our kids for Christmas or something, and there were no batteries. 
or assembly required. No, I want him to be able to use the toys. Well, Jesus, that's what Jesus is. He wants, he wants to use us. And um, if we're broken, if we're needing assembly, um, you know, we, we've, we're, we're missing out. And so much brokenness has occurred just as a result of allowing fear and pressure from government to, to, um, to, to immobilize us. And the enemy is just snarling with this grin on his face. I've got him right where I want him, mm-hmm. alone in their home. And believe me, he's caused a lot of them to be broken. And uh, I think we have an opportunity to restore a lot of people in the church. Uh, as long as churches are healthy and doing what churches are supposed to do. But as long as the churches are broken and the doors are closed. And we still got new people coming every week yeah. because their churches either were closed for a long time or are still closed or still, you know, well, we're still not really, no hugs, no this. Um, you know, we, we can't live our lives. Imagine if Jesus comes next week. Yeah. That's a good thought. That's a really good thought. Today but, would be great, actually. But, but imagine, how would you like to have spent your last year and a half or two years doing nothing because of fear what would you say to Jesus when he came? Yeah. And I think that's something that we all have to consider deeply and let the Holy Spirit convict us. Yeah. I went by a church yesterday. Yeah. And it said, drive through prayer. I was like, what? So you can't come in. You can maybe drive up to a window like you get in your McDonald's hamburger or something. I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, that's better than nothing, I guess. But, phew. I don't know. drive throughs for hamburgers. Yeah, it is. Not for prayer. Yeah. So the next one is needy. And we kind of the same thing. But in 1 John three seventeen and 18, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Um, you know, people come in and, a lot of people do have needs. Um, some have a need for a hug. And, you know, maybe they aren't the neatest or the cleanest. Maybe they're not the nicest. Um, some have those arms crossed, you know, like, don't come over here. I wish you could, in the audience, I wish you could see Paula's face and her <laughs> arms all crossed looking all tough right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't need anybody. You know, I'm here under protest or I'm here, you know, but I'm mad or whatever. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm all by myself, but I'm fine, you know, kind of a thing. And so uh, let me not just love them with word or speech, but with actions and in truth. And and I've told some people, okay, you don't want a hug? That's all right. But I'm going to be praying for you and let me know when you want that hug because everybody Everybody's looking for unconditional love, so don't tell me. There's a reason why they come to church, because they know this is the place to be. The love of Jesus should be here. And I I just tell people all the time, the love will win you out. You know you felt it when you walked in here. And sometimes you can see that little wry smile try to come up, but then they try to come real quick. And How how many times over the years has people... (laughs) you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks later, said, you can hug me now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One lady reminds me of it all the time. You remember when I first came here? I was like, girl, you were a mess. Yes, I remember when you first came here. And now she just wants to hug me all the time, which I love. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any comments or questions for Paula. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. You know, Paula, one of the other things regarding the needy, and for those of you who may be just getting in the car or tuning in, this is how, how we pray for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. That's that's really the focus of our prayer here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio and for Paula's prayer personally, my prayer personally. But one of the things that we, we when we talk about needy, there's, there's always clingy people. They're always looking to other people to have their needs met. Uh, our ministry as a church, as as individual Christians, is to lead them to the one they're truly needy for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Zacchaeus, you just read a little bit about his story. Uh, he was needy for Jesus. He didn't have any need in this world. 
but 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 suddenly Jesus said, "I'm coming to your house tonight," and he goes, "That was like that filled the longing of his heart." Mm-hmm. And our job is to take needy people who are always depending on other people, in many cases taking advantage of other people. Yeah. Uh, our job is to show, no, your real need is for Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus can't be manipulated. You come to him on his terms, yeah. and he fills you up overflowing. So um, those who need attention, you know, those who have a lot to say, and most of it's about themselves or what other people have done to them, mm-hmm. um, we take their hand and lead them to Jesus, and he's got all the time in the world to listen to him, yeah. and he'll redirect their steps. Yeah, yeah, that's the coolest thing. It's it's always a, a time to learn something and a time to teach something, you know, because those of us who've been through stuff, we're like, well, the Lord's going to take us around that mountain until we rely on him, and so let me tell you. You need to get this get this done the first, maybe even the second time, because you're going to go around this mountain time and time again until you say, Lord, I surrender just to you. Yeah. I rely just on you. You are the one I'm going to trust from now on. But, Lord, you need to come through. You know, and so we can say that to people. He's faithful. Paul, let's take a break. Take a phone call. We've got Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, thanks for calling. You are on the air. Hi y'all. I'm 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 clingy. <laughs> you are. Don't we know <laughs> it? <laughs> and I, I, I'm re- I'm recovering from TMW. Too much work, and the doctor says I'm 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 dealing with AWS, which is Arbaugh withdrawal withdrawal syndrome. <laughs> I, we I, love I, you. I got me See, some, that's... I got me some Arbaugh withdrawal syndrome. I didn't hear Mama Paula last week. Pastor Ron was gone on Sunday. Man, I just don't know what's going to happen. I got to get back to that church. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I was busy in Spanish, Jeff. You'd appreciate that because you speak Spanish fluently. I was no, busy I was in Spanish. I, I didn't was praying get, for you. I was praying. Yeah, I didn't get the gift of Spanish, but I had a great translator. Oh yeah, Pastor Juan, right? Oh no, no, no. Pastor Jay. No, oh. <laughs> Jay. Oh, Jay did. Oh, okay, Pastor yeah, Jay. Yeah, in Durango. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, thank you. I just wanted to say hello, Mama Paula and Pastor Ron. I love you guys so much, and I'm I'm going to stay clingy to y'all. I'm sorry, but that's the way it's all about. <laughs> y'all, y'all, done, Thanks, y'all done won me. I'm there. Too much. <laughs> we, we are delighted to be clung to. Yeah. Calvary Chapel is richer because you're here with us, Jeff, and I mean that with all of my heart. God bless you. Hi. Okay, Paula, what's next? The confused. Well, maybe maybe Jeff was one of those at the beginning, but he's starting to get straightened <laughs> out right now. Anyway, the the confused, they come in and, and maybe they've been believing some wrong things. You know, we have people who've come from some some kind of bad churches and uh, really, really unhealthy. Yeah, really, really unhealthy. And so we get to tell them, you know, Proverbs three, five and six Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Let us, let us, you know, just sit and maybe kind of be still and learn who he is. Um, don't lean on your own understanding, not with the stuff that you brought from your other church. That's the reason why you left. Um, but in all your ways, just submit to him and he will straighten out your crooked path. Um, but just, you know, kind of be still. And so when we hear uh, others talk and or as we listen to them pray, um, not to embarrass or anything, but again, um, an opportunity to teach. Well, that's the coolest thing about this radio program, too, is as I'm at home listening to the questions and the answers, I'm learning, wow, I didn't really know that's exactly what that meant. And so I have to reassess what my thoughts are and go back and, and check it out and ask the Holy Spirit, who is the genius, is that right, Lord? You know, um, can I just, because I remember some old prayer journals, you know, I had listened to a false teacher. This is before you got saved, or I didn't have anybody to fall back on, you know. <laughs> I'm listening to this false teacher say, you know, when you pray, you got to say it out loud. I mean, loud, 
as though Jesus can't hear my whispers, as Jesus can't hear my silent prayers inside of my heart, as though Jesus couldn't gather my tears knowing why I was crying and make sense of all of that. Um, but yeah, this false teacher said, when you pray, you got to pray out loud. And then another one said, you know, don't, don't say, Oh, I got a kind of a headache. Don't say that out loud. Then, you know, you're calling curses down on yourself. I was like, Oh my goodness, what's right. And so as I get to be in his word and not hear all those other voices, I'm learning and then listening to this radio program, I get to, and others, I get to reassess where my thinking goes. And so the Lord says, you know, not only just trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And then another one that I absolutely love is Psalm 4610, where it says, be still and know that I am God. And so... God will tell us who he is, what he expects from us, and um, how to walk this life. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask, and he gives it generously. Mm-hmm. And see, in the power of the Holy Spirit, Paula, we've got to do that. We, we, we instinctively, the Spirit of God lives in Christians. Mm-hmm. And so instinctively, we hear something like, you have to say it out loud. You knew there was something that wasn't right about yeah. that. Just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to speak in tongues. You're not <laughs> baptized in the Spirit. You don't have the Spirit of God. Uh, those are very harmful things. And those are just the tip of the iceberg of the kind of things that we hear. You know, Paula, speaking of the confused, we've had... Um, in the last four or five weeks, encounters with people who go to local churches, big churches, um, who don't know that living with somebody outside of marriage is sin. Of course they know that. We know they that know, instinctively. Know. Yeah. But, but uh, I asked one guy, how long have you been going to this church? I've been going to this church for 10 years. And you don't know that's wrong? And it just makes me so angry. I hope it's righteous anger and I don't sin in my anger. But but we've got churches that specialize in allowing people to stay in their sin. And effectively, they're shutting them off from the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, God loves me, they tell me. And, and, and God understands why I need this or why I need that. And, and um, you know, that kind of confusion is what the the devil capitalizes on to keep us in sin because the moment we, we're in sin, we're shut out of the presence of the Lord in terms of fellowship, and that means that we're fertile soil for Satan to, 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 to blast us. You said at the beginning, this guy's been going to this church for 10 years. You didn't mean this church. Oh, no, not Calvary Chapel. Oh, I was going to say. Just, just the people that we've had encounters with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it has been a couple of churches in particular that I keep running into people from. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they just demonstrate in their discussion, in their comments, that they don't really know anything about who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I sat on an airplane next to some people going to Durango. Um, oh, yeah, my pastor preaches it like it is. And he's a pastor of a big church. In this city, there's two of them in pastoring the church, and um, preach it like it is. But they believe crazy things mm-hmm. because they're not being taught the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention those who are living in sin who are never confronted in their sin in another huge church in town. Because well, we don't want people to be uncomfortable here. We want them to come and warm up to us before yeah. we we talk to them about sin. They never get around to talking to people about sin. Well. And those are the kind of things that cause the confusion that you're talking about. Yeah. Now, we're inside three minutes now, Paula, so you don't have very long for the fearful and the angry. Mm-hmm, the fearful and the angry. And that's kind of a yeah. new thing we've been praying the last year and a half. Yeah. yeah. The fearful, in Psalm 56, 3, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, which goes back to, you know, the, even the Proverbs, um, the confused, but in God whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And that's what we need to say to people, you know, you're immortal until God's done with you. He's watching out for you all the time. Whatever happens to you, his grace, and I've learned that from sitting in this church, living at your house, um, 
God's grace will meet you in the time of need. And so, yeah, people are fearful, and there's no coincidence why the Bible says, do not be afraid, fear not, I don't know how many times. Hundreds. Hundreds of times. Um, be anxious for nothing. Yeah. We are fearful people. We're sheep, um, but we have a shepherd. And so he, again, gathers his lambs in his arms so we don't... Yeah, she, really... Sheep is a, is a great metaphor because... You know, sheep won't won't drink water from a, a moving brook. Mm-hmm. It just it's too scary yeah, for them. Yeah. And then like, when mm. the brook is still and they can see the reflection, they get afraid mm-hmm. of their own reflection. Who is that? <laughs> and and too many of us as Christians are living like that, especially uh, in in light of what's been going on in this country for the last year and a half or more. Or, or more. I know. Two yeah. minutes, Paula. We're inside two minutes now. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Angry uh, is next. Yeah, the angry. Uh, come on. James 1 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I I always say this, slower to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Um, And so when we're angry, and we have a couple people who say they're angry a lot. But just like all these other things, we can give that anger to the Lord. We sing a song that he is the one that calms the rage in me. Yeah. If we will if we just give I had somebody a say to me, well, I watch Fox News all the time and I just get so angry. I said, stop watching Fox News. Well, I can't, can't do that. I'd be cut No, focus on the, the important things. Protect your heart. Well, Paula, that is time that went quickly. You Praise were pretty God. smart, turns out. <laughs> Hey, to all of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. You've been listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. AM 630, The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.